Well, hey, what's up, parents? This is Pastor Tim, and welcome to Table Talks. Today, I am sitting with Pastor Matt Dudley. Pastor Matt Dudley, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, We just finished a podcast for the students that will be coming out at the same time as this one. So uh, just kind of a brief overview. Pastor Matt, pastors, he's a lead pastor at a church around (laughs) the Palm Springs area. Uh, You said there's like nine cities in that area? Yeah, so we're in Desert Hot Springs in the Coachella Valley. So yeah, yeah, we neighbor Palm Springs. So Love it, love it. And he's also... Uh, one of the four SoCal Student Ministries youth directors and uh, 20 years of youth ministry from our last podcast, which is super awesome. Could you share with the parents just a brief history of your life? Yeah, yeah. So um, for me, I really started following Jesus around age 13, 14. Um, And then at age 15, I preached my first sermon because a youth pastor gave me an opportunity it changed my life. At 19, I became the youth pastor of that church. I was a volunteer and had no idea what I was doing, but knew I was doing what I was made to do. And um, been doing youth ministry ever since, 39 now. And for, yeah, just over the last three years, been lead pastor of a church called The Spring out in Desert Hot Springs. Um, have a wife. Her name's Brandy. We have two beagles, Watson and Max. And uh, yeah, it's uh, our home is loud because we have two hound dogs. So two. yeah. I just recently got a Aussie German Shepherd Pomeranian mix. Oh dang! Uh, over Christmas, and her name is Riley McQueen, uh, and she's huge now, but she was super, super small there. Um, well, yeah, the Pomeranian part of that you would think yeah. would, <laughs> but she's like she was the tallest, but she'll like she's she's big now. Like when I first got her, she was three pounds. Now she's eleven pounds. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. Um, the kids grow up so fast, oh, man. I know. So. I know. Yeah. I got her a, a hoodie, a culture youth hoodie, and she ended up turning into Evanescence and nice. just really just like cuddly and all that stuff. But nice. uh, dog dad is is a whole nother, whole nother <laughs> ball game, but I love it. Yeah. Started our series on Let's Talk on identity and just different areas that students, um, maybe not our students, but just students in general and in our culture uh, that walk through these things. And so Pastor Matt was so graciously enough to come out on a Wednesday night and kick off our series on talking about identity. And this is just kind of a a plus uh, for you to have just kind of conversations with your students, but at the same time, things that I believe could help parents as well um, in the journey of not only raising um, teenagers, but what what they can be aware of and stuff. So Pastor Matt, I'm going to give the camera over to you and just let you chat with the parents. But could you just share, um, man, just kind of your heart and, and some things that you've seen through student ministries and, and, and your life with teenagers that could help parents uh, throughout this journey? For sure. Yeah. Um, so working with students for the last 20 years, um, you see a lot of the same, but also a lot of different, right? There's this... Uh, this thing that's happened, especially in the last several years, where um, culture has always been loud yeah. and culture has always fought for the attention of our kids because culture is trying to sell something, right? The, that's the world that we live in. We're, we're consumers and as consumers, uh, we are being marketed to 24-7, even more so your kids now. And yeah. because they're constantly being marketed to, it means they are constantly being sold messages that sound and feel good, but are not necessarily true or good. Um, just this last Sunday, uh, the, the 29th, mm-hmm. the Surgeon General, the, the United States Surgeon General finally came out and said publicly that it's their professional opinion as the Surgeon General that 
while most all social media sites have an age requirement of 13, that 13 is entirely too young for a kid to be on social media. Wow. Um, they said they they didn't necessarily offer up a, a, a full opinion on proper age, but pointed out that at 13, social media, the algorithm is designed to sell you things. Yeah. And it is designed to keep feeding you things. And it's not good for an adolescent mind. So this is like the first time that we've had a major national health official come out and officially say, yeah. this is not good for your kid. And so, um, yeah, we have to be aware of these things. Yeah. We have to be aware of the fact that students are constantly being fed messages. They're constantly being fed ideas because while your kid is going through adolescence, they are going to try on identities. It's part of being an adolescent. It's it's honestly the marker of that phase of life is that you are trying on identities. You're figuring out who you're going to be as an adult. So as you try to figure out who you are as an adult, you just kind of learn the things that you like and the things that you don't like. But now there is this added pressure from our culture that is constantly marketing to us yeah. to assume different forms of identity. Uh, we've we've watched it happen over the last several years that that we have gone from just being fed this narrative about uh, what it is to be gay and lesbian in America to now we have an entire idea around gender identity and gender fluidity that exists in our culture. The important thing to remember is there's no science that actually would state that this is healthy for a young person. Mm -hmm. Um, all we have is a cultural narrative. There are vested interest groups that are trying to push forward a narrative, and it's not supported by psychology. It's not supported by psychiatry. It's not supported by the medical establishment. There are no reputable studies that say this is healthy for a young person. So while your child is living in this world, living in this culture, it would be really easy to just say, oh, no, I need to shelter them from everything, which there probably does need to be some level of that. I think on on some level, there's a culture around parenting today that says, well, don't overbear, don't don't be overly involved. I think it's time to let that pendulum swing back a bit. Yeah. Let's get a little overbearing. Let's get a little overinvolved because your kids are being fed this constant messaging yep. that is not good for them. Um, it actually is rewiring their minds. And in their adolescence, while they're already confused about identity and they're already wrestling with figuring out who they are, now they're being fed lies. And those lies are not just fun little ideas that they're going to play with in their adolescence. These are things that will actually damage a person. Yeah. They will damage your soul. They'll damage your, 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 your physical psychology into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very important to be involved in the lives of students. If that sounds alarmist, I don't mean it to. What I'm trying to say is it's a really important time for parents to be involved in helping to guide their students into a healthy adulthood, yeah. uh, and particularly as Christians, to help your students grow as Christian adults, to, to learn what it is to think biblically and to help them to think biblically. Um, I don't think as Christians in America, we get to be lazy about our ideologies and theology anymore. No. I, I just don't. I think we're in a time when there's so much being said that we have to have clarity about what we believe 
and what we know to be true from the word of God, letting the Bible be our bedrock, be our foundation, and then building a life out of that. And anyone that would try to say something like, oh, that's so old, it's so archaic, it is old, but it's not archaic. Truth doesn't stop being truth. Yeah. And the truth of scripture has endured thousands and thousands of years. And the reason it has is because it's true. So we we have to do our level best to equip students to one, be able to spot the lie in culture, two, um, to help them find a security in who God says they are, and three, all along the way, to guide them towards who God is making them. Yeah. So parents have the biggest job of all. It's not easy, but by the grace of God, it is possible. Yeah. I love it because there, there's such a... There's such a need right now for just kind of the rise of godly parenting um, and stuff. And, I, and and maybe just kind of add this to this podcast, but when we were talking with the students, it was very much of the, um, the accountability side and creating the boundaries and, um, you know, what it's like to not be your your teenager's friend but to be their parent could you kind of maybe bring that into this yeah absolutely i i think sometimes um you know speaking of cultural narratives there is this thing in our culture that we want to be our kid's best friend you know we we want to be the kid's friend because we feel like if i'm their friend they're going to tell me stuff they're they're going to they're going to keep me in the loop and then i'm going to be able to help out the trouble is teenagers don't look to their friends to guide them. Yeah. Teenagers look to their friends to affirm them. Mm-hmm. And so your role as parent over the course of the life of your teenager is going to change. So um, so let's back up a bit. Let's go back before they were teenagers. And let's talk about like from the time that child is born up through their earliest ages, they they basically look at their parents almost like they're gods, right? My dad's the toughest. My mom's the prettiest. You know, everybody, you know, they're better than everybody else. Because you provide everything for them. They think the whole world revolves around them and you are providing all of that because they're children. Yeah. And that's okay. So understand at that phase, that's the view your kids have of you. And it is important for you at that phase to be hyper involved yeah. in their provision, right? Because they're children. As your kids get older, that starts to change into adolescence, which can be anywhere from about age 11 to age 21, age 22 even. It really just kind of depends on the individual. Through adolescence, your kid is going to go through this experience of trying to figure out who they are and, and trying on their identities. The role of parenting at that phase really has to become a role of guiding. Yeah. It has to become a role of guiding. Um, it is the natural inclination of everyone in adolescence at some level to push back against the boundaries, even the best kids, right? Like when I say the best kids, your kid is the best. Don't worry. But, but when I say the best kids, we're we're talking about those kids that it's like, I never have to ground them. I never have to do anything. They're just good kids. They follow the rules. Even those kids at some level are going to push against the boundaries a bit because they're just trying to figure out who they are. And, and around age 15, 16, they start really wrestling with abstract thought for the first time. They don't do that before that age. Your brain isn't ready for it typically. So as parents, while it's really tempting to like, I want to be their buddy because we were buddies when they were little, 
Yeah, you were. They were your buddy when they were little, but also there was this really distinct like you are the adult and you're going to say what's going to happen. Yeah, that has to become something more at the forefront in adolescence. Yeah, not in a forceful, overbearing way, but in a no, I am the authority. I am the person in charge. I need you to trust me. Way, um, so be clear about boundaries. Be clear about guidelines. And when your kid pushes back and wants to argue with you about them, understand why you set those boundaries and yep. why you set those guidelines. Um, it is also okay to sometimes, not every time, but to sometimes have the answer, that's the way I prefer it. Yep. That's an okay answer. Um, I'm the adult. I'm paying the bills. I brought you into this world. I could take you out. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I, like it is okay to occasionally let this is my preference for this household. Yep. Be the guiding line. And and that's all. It doesn't have to be deeper than that. Sometimes you do need to explain the guidance, right? I know you want to go out Friday night with that group of people. The reason I'm telling you no to doing that is because I see these three things. Yep. And these three things are not the kinds of things that I want for my kid. It's okay to say that. They're going to hate you for it for a couple weeks. They're going to be unhappy about it for a time. That's just part of it. You're not there to be their buddy. You're there to be their parent. Yeah. And that's a different role. Um, it's a more important role, in all honesty. But the goal here with parenting is to look at the long haul, right? Those kids have grown so fast, right? Like It's like yesterday you were changing their diapers, and today they're taking the car out. It's crazy how quickly that time goes, but it is so formative. It is so huge in a person's life. So I would just encourage you, have a long-term plan for what you want with your kids. So if you're like a god when they're children and you're a guide in their adolescence, as they enter adulthood, you can start to become their friend. It can start to come at that point. Which is ultimately what you want, right? You want your kids to want to be around you when they're adults. Yeah. Because hopefully they're going to have grandkids and you get to spoil them. Yeah. And then hand them off to mom and dad to deal with the guiding and, and the difficult phases. That's the goal here. It's not this temporary short-term thing. It's not, I just got to survive till they get out of high school and get out of my house. It's, I am here to help shape them into adulthood. And as I shape them into adulthood, I'm going to help them understand they can build their lives on a solid truth, on Christ, on his word, on his teaching, so that they can live in a world full of lies. Yeah. It's super huge to to be able to, because here's the deal. You can still affirm your kids and have Absolutely. boundaries. Right. Um you know, as I shared with the students, you know, in the last podcast that, you know, my dad was abusive. So my parents split up and not only did my mom have to take on a second role as a parent, but she also put this new wave of protection over me. And I was homeschooled, wasn't hanging out with a lot of friends, um, but my church friends and not to be that person, but there are some church friends that aren't the best for you too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and stuff. And so my mom was very much like, Hey, if you want to hang out with these, these people, if you want to hang out with this person, uh, here are the, the guidelines and here's the expectations for that. Um, and they were simple. All I had to do was just text my mom. Hey, is it a cool if I stay out an extra hour or, Hey, I'm ready to be whatever that, you know, 
and it became this this bonding thing as a as me as a teenager if i if i trust my mom and if i honor her not all the time let's be honest but if i want to be able to do what i would like to do i i just gotta be okay with these boundaries and i gotta set the tone for them in order for me to do whatever i want right it wasn't very hard. Almost every weekend I got to go do something um, because my mom was like, hey, here's the expectations and stuff. And now it's fast forward to, you know, my mom wasn't my friend when I was a teenager, but she is now. And almost every single week, every time I go to the grocery store, I'm I'm on the phone with her if I'm not on the phone with a podcast or what. But like I'm on the phone with her because it's the relationship that she set before me as a teenager made me want to be her friend now. Um, even though we have completely different interests, things like that, but like there's such an open transparency with my mom now that I wouldn't have had as a teenager and stuff like that. So, so parenting your, your, your teenagers now and building that strong friendship with them as they're older, it's such a huge win. Yeah. Parenting while a lot of it might be, um, for lack of a better word, improvisation, mm-hmm. none of it can be accidental, Yeah. right? It has to be intentional. So there has to be this sense of my role in this kid's life is to help them grow into a functional adult. Yeah. And as, as people of faith, as people that follow Jesus, the biggest part of them becoming a functional adult is them having a real relationship with Jesus. Yes. And I mean, I've, I've said it for years in youth ministry. Um, I'll just say it again. Tim's a great youth pastor, but understand the greatest youth pastor in your kid's life is you. Yep. Like youth ministry is only ever a supplement to what is happening at home. Yes. And so in order for your kid to like grow up loving Jesus, they're going to have to see their parents, their role models, their guardians, the, the, the adults in their lives loving Jesus. And that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah. That's really hard sometimes because um, they're going to see the times when you fail. They're going to see the times when you get it wrong. So when you fail, when you get it wrong, come back really well. Yeah. Come back really well. And, uh, you know, those things will be transformative in the lives of a child. They'll be transformative in the life of your teenager for them to recognize that, like, okay, being an adult following Jesus doesn't mean I have to be perfect, but it does mean I have to be consistent. Yeah. You know, it does mean I need to, to keep moving forward in my relationship with him. And the more that that's reinforced at home, the more that the supplement that, you know, somebody like Tim brings into the life of your kid will have that much more impact. Um, it's, it's like, it's like taking vitamins, but having a lousy diet, right? Like the vitamins help. You know, you're, you're supplementing, but you're still eating pizza three times a day. You know, like it's, it's not going to build a fully healthy, balanced life, but if you're eating a, a, a balanced diet and you're adding in these supplements, oh, that that's going to do a lot for you. So it's, it's the same kind of thing with raising your kids. It's, it's gotta be this, this level of intention. And I wish, I wish it was really easy to say, here are the five things yeah. that you need to do. And, and I'm sure, you know, there's probably some parent out there is like, Oh, give me the five things. Listen, that doesn't exist yeah, because no one's written the book on your kid, mm-hmm. but you have that kid. 
God gave you that kid because he knew you were the exact parent that kid needed. Yeah. There's no accident about that. So in those moments of, I don't know that I've got this in me, I don't know that I can do this, set that aside. God gave you that kid. God gave you that kid to guide through a culture that is full of all sorts of lies and messaging to help them discover truth. You're that person, and you can do it. Yeah. Grace of God on your side, you can do it. That's so good. That's so good. Hey, we want to thank you guys for coming to the Table Talk today. Pastor Matt, thank you so much for coming. and Great to be here, man. Not only sharing with our students in person, but through a podcast and now with the parents here. So, hey, we're going to be continuing on with these Table Talks throughout the series and stuff. So make sure uh, you are plugged into those as well. We want to thank you for watching or listening. Have a great day.